This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. With Jamie Lint and Jeff McGuire, I'm Chuck Hines. Take your thoughts, comments, and the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Go to the Double T 97.3 mobile app. It's presented by Happy State Bank. And, of course, the Visual Edge IT hotline is open as well for you. 806-771-0973 should you care to weigh in this morning. Well, baseball for you on the air tonight. Astros and the Angels at 640. Astros lost yesterday afternoon to the uh, Baltimore Orioles, so they're two and a half back of the Rangers. Rangers will play a couple hours later uh, on Double T 97.3 as they take on the Giants in San Francisco. Curious, this may be a this may be a upon further review question of how many home runs go into McCovey's Cove this weekend. Kayakers be out and about. It's not like you got a bunch of long ballers, but that would hit it to right field, but maybe maybe there'll be some out there. That's yeah, a pretty colossal clout. <laughs> right. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. That would... My, that... my answer will be uh, zero. Okay. And, I, and it may not even be... It may not even be one because then that would require a lot of extensive research over That's the weekend. That's a really good point. You know, because you've got to really kind of analyze that yep that's not something you find in a box for it's not really how many how many how many home runs went into land in mccovey cove in in mccovey's cove all right i have a question for you because i heard a little bit of discussion about this last night on double t 97.3 as i was as i was leaving the compound and i didn't i didn't hear a great amount but it was like okay there was a little bit and it, it it intrigued me so i i sent myself this article uh, it comes from the San Diego Padres, and uh, the person involved is Juan Soto. He is he is frustrated. Uh, the uh, Padres, their team that I think many thought would be contenders uh, for a lot, they have uh, spent a lot of money on their roster over the last few years, and he uh, he was unable to conceal his frustration. Uh, he told uh, a reporter this. And I just want to know if you have any problem with this or if you like this or if you uh, understand this approach, just your, your reaction. Here's what he said. He said, we've got to play as a team. We've got to go out there, grind every day, grind every at bat. It's been really inconsistent. Some days we do, some days we don't. We got to do it every day. Days like this series, we just give up. Like literally, we just give up instead of grinding, keep pushing. We've got to forget about yesterday and keep moving. He didn't call out any teammates. He didn't specifically say this guy's not doing it or that guy's not doing it. Um, it doesn't seem to be very uh, aggressive. You, you like? Do you like what he said? I have no issue with it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if he was, if he as a hitter was criticizing the pitchers and like, hey, we got to pitch better. Mm-hmm. You know, we got to keep runs off the board. Whatever. We're giving up too many free passes. I would have issues with that. Yeah. But he's a hitter. Right. Okay. And he's saying their offense has got to be better. He didn't call anybody out. I mean, I don't know if, if it, there's some glaring, obvious person that he's talking about, like some guy is yeah. over his last 37 or something. I have no clue. Yeah. Um. But 
no, I have no no problem with that at all. Yeah, and and I, I think and Soto's had kind of had an up and down year. There was lots of thought that he was going to get traded at the deadline. Yeah, so I mean, I I didn't really either. And and then you know it's like when I was listening last night, it sounded like it was going to be worse than really what it turned out to be. But maybe in maybe in today's world, even acting like maybe somebody's not doing their job and maybe trying to kind of fire the team up. Maybe some would even feel like that that's a bit too much of being you were, know, critical. Were the broadcasters that you were listening to having taking well uh, a little bit. Uh, one one really didn't have a problem problem with it. It just again it sounded like it was going to be worse than what it turned out to be. So it's to me it's almost like well that's that self policing sometimes is what takes place on teams, right? I mean, you know we're you know, you're, you're talking all the time about, well, we've got to have leaders in the clubhouse and leaders on the field. And, you know, the veterans have to kind of show how it's supposed to be done. Can't always come from the manager or the head coach or the assistant coaches. But yet then when somebody speaks out, somebody says something, somebody tries to coach somebody else, it seems like in today's world, it seems like people take issue with that less than what, what was previous. I think coaching someone else one-on-one is completely different than calling somebody out in the media. Sure, sure, sure. Because that sounds like blaming. Sure. Yeah, that's, okay? that's fair. Those are two completely different mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. You go to a guy in the dugout, you go to a guy in the clubhouse, and you know, don't you think the great leaders of the past have gone... Like he said those things yesterday. Mm-hmm. Okay, was very vague on all of them. Mm-hmm. But if he's if he's that guy, if he's a team leader or whatever, he probably went in. You know, you've known many guys over the years that would go in and say to a guy, "Hey, man, we need some better at bats from you." You know, it just feels like you're. You know, if you're that guy, if you're that leader on that team, and you're respected enough that you can say those things, you say them. But you say them to that person mm-hmm. behind closed doors. You don't say that. You know, in the media, Joe Schmo reporter. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, if there's anybody that had any issues with that, I, I, I just that's like completely oversensitive. Yeah. And again, like you said, we we don't want guys to call people out, but we want people to to coach their teams up or whatever. Again, blaming somebody in the media is completely different. Yeah. Completely different than going to a guy and say, hey, man, you got to run out that ball. Or, hey, I mean, I don't care what the score is. We got to quit, keep, we got to quit giving in at bats, whatever. You know, um, I, that, I, that's completely different. I wonder, I wonder in, in this age of somewhat reluctance to talk to each other, um, I wonder if that's a lost art, um, you know, of, of guys being able to do that, you know, because. I don't, I don't think, um, I don't think guys on athletic teams together are avoiding talking to each other. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't, I don't think that's, okay. I could be wrong. I'm not on one of those teams, but mm-hmm. I don't, I just, I just, I don't think that's the case. Okay. Yeah. 638 this morning here on the morning drive. Meanwhile, uh, Washington commanders uh, coach Ron Rivera said that he quote, put his foot in his mouth when discussing Eric Bieniemy's intensity earlier this week, insisting he didn't want to portray his players as soft or the first-year offensive coordinator as too demanding. <laughs> yeah. 
good try, Ron, but a little late. Uh, he said uh, he told the enemy on Tuesday what he said wasn't as clear as it needed to be. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Probably the enemy and the players weren't real thrilled with his comment. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, and this is, uh, this was an article from yesterday. So he, he did this on Wednesday. So he tried to, he tried to kind of put it back in the toothpaste tube, so to speak. He said, uh, after talking to Eric, to uh, enemy, he said, I hired Eric and I loved his overall message to the team his first day that we have to learn to be comfortable when you're uncomfortable. With guys on that side of the ball, they were uncomfortable. There's been a lot of change, and the way of doing things has changed on the offensive side. Change is hard. Since those conversations took place with Eric and the players, I've seen the improvements. I'm <laughs> sure you have. Sure. Last couple of practices have probably been the best of training camp. Right. We always hear that when things are going poorly. Uh, that displays how the team has embraced the message and how he does things and how he wants things done. So... Part part of this is like, man, the guy's won. You know, the guy's been a winner, so you know you're gonna have. You guys haven't, so he's his uh, his his yeah, voice is gonna be a little I, bit different. I don't know that I'm gonna buy into that one. Okay, I don't think he's been a winner because of him. No, no. I mean, it's the players on the field. I mean, and, and, and maybe Andy Reid and right? Andy Reid, right? Yeah, Andy Reid, one of the greatest offensive minds. Yeah. In the last twenty years. Yeah. No, no. I mean, question. everybody's always said it's, and that's part of why not he, be enemy's offense. Yeah, that's part of why he left, so so he could go out on his own to prove himself. Well, good luck. Yeah, your daily dose of sports and fun. This is the Morning Drive podcast from Double T ninety seven three, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. It's Friday, August eleventh. Time for this day in sports history, and with the news and notes, here he is, Jeff McGuire. So you're saying it's eight one one two three. Mm. Yep. Eight one one two three. Mm-hmm. The eight just kind of just has to sit there. There's nothing really you can do with it. Right. But you know the one one two three. Why did we? Because put... it's almost one two three. Yeah, I was gonna say, but why did we put one in there twice? Well, because it's the eleventh. Yeah, I know, but that feels like it kills the whole. Or kills the one whole plus deal. one is two. One plus two is three. You just keep shifting your little three box over. Okay. We'd have to have a five as the next one. That'd be yeah. weird, though. Yeah. 1929, New York Yankee slugger Babe Ruth becomes the first major league player to hit 500 home runs in a 6-5 loss to the Indians at League Park in Cleveland. Yeah. 1950, in a 4-for-38 slump, New York Yankees great Joe DiMaggio is benched for the first time in his career. Wow. Replaced by Cliff Maples, who hits a home run in a 7-6 win over the Philadelphia Athletics. He, I'm sorry, Mapes. M-A-P-E-S. There's no L. Wally Pip was like going, hey, I've been there. <laughs> Little different story. 1962, L.A. Dodgers protest a San Francisco uh, manager Alvin Dark, uh, after he orders the Candlestick Park ground crew to water down the base pass to enter the MLB All-Star Murray Wills' base-stealing attempts. The Giants would win 5-4. to four. God, that, that was so prevalent back in the day, it seemed like. You'd always hear those complaints, you know, about you know, the, against the Cardinals with Lou Brock or mm-hmm. others, others where... You go to the game and like, ah, it looks a little wetter today. Yeah, there's a reason for that. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's not a surprise. I mean, they do, you know, certain times they'll make the grass grow a little longer, let it go, you know, depending on team speed, all that good stuff. Uh, 1968. Satchel Page is 62 and uh, needing 158 days on an MLB payroll to qualify for a pension. Well, he signed by the Atlanta Braves. He doesn't pitch, but becomes a coach to huh. get his 158 hmm. days. 1970, future Baseball Hall of Fame pitcher Jim Bunning becomes the second Cy Young Award winner to win 100 games in both the National League and American League when Philly beats Houston 6-5 at the Astrodome. 1980, Yankees' Reggie Jackson hits home run number 400. This off of Chicago's Britt Burns. 1984, Carl Lewis duplicates Jesse Owens' 1936 feet, winning the fourth Olympic gold medal as part of a U.S. 4x100-meter relay team in a world record time of 37.83. 1988, 225 at-bats after hitting home run number 299. Mets' Gary Carter is the 59th to hit 300 for his career. 2016 American super swimmer Michael Phelps wins the men's 200 meter individual medley in a 154.66 at the Rio de Janeiro Olympics. He's the third athlete and first swimmer to win four consecutive Olympic gold medals in a single event. It is National Panini Day. It's also National Raspberry Tart Day. All right, what do you? What's your thought on the panini? Do you like the panini? I'm all right with it. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't. I don't reach for it, but it's okay. Something different. I'm I'm okay with it. I just don't like it when they like on the panini sandwiches. I don't like it when they put the mushrooms in there. I always pick those out. Yeah, well, that has to do with the mushrooms, not the panini, right? Right, right. Yeah. Not just mm-hmm. on that panini sandwich. Well, you can put anything in a panini. Right, and you can, but I mean, if it's already made, it's generally when I get the panini is it's already made. Okay. I'm not just grabbing a slice of panini and putting it in the toaster and, you know, putting some butter on it. Okay. Happy birthday on Sunday <laughs> to former Red Raider pitcher, Oakland athletic pitcher, and perfect game thrower. Mm. Dallas Braden is and, 40 on Sunday. And A's broadcaster still. Yes. That's right. He is still on the A's broadcast. Uh, today, however, uh, Chris Hensworth is 40, Hulk Hogan, 70, Joe Rogan, f- 56, Patty Mills, 35, uh, Pablo Sandoval, uh, Sandoval is 37, and uh, Malik Cabrera is 39. And on this day, in 1984, before a press conference was about to begin, a mic is tested. Hmm. And we've all tested a microphone, and sometimes we're straight, and sometimes we're funny and silly and whatnot. But uh, he was also warming up for his speech that day. Yeah. And President Ronald Reagan delivered this. My fellow Americans, I'm pleased to tell you today that I've signed legislation that will outlaw Russia forever. We begin bombing in five minutes. (laughs) It is not known 
what the Soviet leaders thought of Ronald Reagan's joke. The comment did color some American opinions of Reagan at the time, whose approval rating had suffered a slight drop after the aftermath of the incident, temporarily boosting the electoral hopes of Democratic presidential hopeful Walter Mondale. As we all know, though, it was not a contest. Mm -mm. Reagan recovered and beat Mondale and began his second term in 1985. And that is this day of sports history. Yeah. All right, 6.51 this morning here on the morning drive. A couple of uh, quick notes here. Uh, This is regarding uh, Josh Young. He's uh, undergone surgery for his fractured left thumb. That happened on Wednesday. Um, The Rangers said that uh, the hand specialist, Dr. Don Sheridan, inserted a plate and screws to stabilize the fracture of his thumb. Young, this probably comes as no surprise to you, Jamie, will remain with his teammates to rehab in hopes of being back for the end of the 2023 season. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, and I'm guessing that he and the Rangers decided it was better for him to be with the team and be around the trainers and the support staff, et cetera, et cetera, than for him to try to do it even while the Rangers were on the road, you know, at home or, you know, in their in their facilities. Yeah, I would imagine that the Rangers have trainers both on the road and at home that he could work with. It was probably a personal preference. Yeah, yeah. Um, they said also that the um, the recovery time is at least four weeks, but because the injury is to his glove hand, the Rangers are planning to reevaluate Young before determining a more precise timetable for his return to the field. My, my, my reaction to that or my question um, for you would be, and I don't know if the fracture of the thumb is less affected um, when he's batting or if it's more. And I, what I was curious about is would they attempt to use him as a DH or is that even is that even a thought? I would think he's much more bothered by hitting than fielding. Okay. I mean, because you're hitting. I mean, it's every it's every swing, every every time you hit, probably it, it affects yeah. you. I just was thinking about think putting he, it in the glove and, you know, being the glove hand because they said specifically because it was in the glove hand, trying to figure out how to reevaluate the timetable. And which hand is where when you're batting? Your glove hand is on the bottom. Yeah, I, I would think he would. You're, I would. I would think it would be a bigger bother to bat okay. than to field. Okay. And currently, uh, Young batting 274, 22 home runs, 67 RBI in 109 games so he is uh in this espn article considered the leading candidates to win the american league rookie of the year honors we'll see we'll see what uh what happens over the next few weeks but uh, you hope that you can get him back very very quickly um but you don't want to rush him back you want him to come back when it's when it's right but the rangers really could use his glove and his bat obviously um as they go down the, the stretch here in the in the month of August. I mean, and, not and for September. nothing. They've lost one game. No, I know. But, I mean, they could use them. They could always use them. Don't, yeah. I, and they want him back. And, and the what he was providing at third is better than what you are getting now. However, they've lost one game since he was gone. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I, I get it. I get it. It's not been... Something critical. It's just he's a guy you'd like to have. The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Morning Drive. Good morning with Jamie Lint and Jeff McGuire. I'm Chuck Hines. Great to have you with us today on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3. We'll have football on the air for you tomorrow. This will be our first football game, you know, involving, well, we had the Hall of Fame game on 
you know, last week, but I mean, involving kind of one of our teams, Cowboys. Uh, so that'll be that'll be cool tomorrow afternoon. That's really weird. I mean, usually, usually the Saturday exhibition games occur at night, but this one is uh, three o'clock in the afternoon is our coverage time. So it is a weird uh, <clears throat> Saturday preseason kickoff time. Usually those are in the evenings. Yeah, yeah. So don't know. I mean, the Rangers are playing on the road, so it's not like they need the parking lot for anything, right? <laughs> Oh, maybe they're, maybe they're doing it for TV. Who knows? But I mean, it's, it seems a little I strange. I don't really think <clears throat> they share parking lots. Yeah, not maybe not as not, maybe not quite as close as as some. But I, I would think that. I mean, I mean, it, not directly. It but makes, I imagine if he, a, a lot of those spaces get used for both. Mm-hmm. I don't think so, uh, because the people at the Cowboys are getting paid. For when people park there for the Cowboys games, okay, and they may go the Cowboys, the Cowboys parking lots go as far east as right where that little stream or whatever goes through, mm-hmm. which is decently close to Rangers ballpark. But that's all for the Cowboys. When Ranger games are on, you don't see people parked in there. You see people parked to the east and to the south of Globe Life Field. You don't see people in the Cowboys parking lots. You don't think that there's people... I don't th- think there's people over there taking money during the, the Rangers games. What I'm talking about during the during, during the Cowboys games. Do you think they're using some of those Ranger lots? Um, that's really what I was... That's really where I was, really where I was headed was more... <laughs> More the cowboy fans using some of those Ranger lots. Be- I can't speak to that. You might be right about because, that. Because just because you got ninety thousand people trying to park over there, I mean they've they have had events at the but same they, time. But they also those parking lots for the Cowboys go deep to the south mm-hmm. behind that stadium. Yeah, and they've had events going on at the same time before. Yeah. All right. Uh, your reaction to uh, another game being sold out? I mean that's now two of six. I mean it has been a long time, and I mean. The negative people will say, well, you don't have the south end zone this year, so that takes up some seats. Okay, that's that's fair, but still. <laughs> have you heard that one? Well, that's, that's what you would say. I mean, that's what that's what people mean to say. Well, you don't have the south end zone, so. I mean, really, I mean that's Chuck, what. The, the chat line can be about as negative as we can get for our fan base, and I haven't seen anybody on the chat line bring that up. Okay. All right, well, that's how great. Many, how many seats are we short because oh. of it? Oh. I think about four. I think about four thousand. That's chump change. That's nothing. Yeah, I think. I think maybe maybe. I, I want to say the capacity is going to be about fifty six this year, and it's it's a it's right about sixty for a capacity. So maybe fifty six five somewhere around that. So maybe thirty five hundred. And and frankly, a lot of those seats were for the band and for you know students. Well, they're um, still going to be at the game. Uh, yeah, and, they're, and they've shifted them to other areas of the of the park. I mean, so I'm not going to say, but I, I I would tell you, I think the Oregon game would be sold out or get close to a sellout if you had the full in, if you had the full complement of the stadium. I'd be really surprised if that one wasn't sold out either yeah. way. Yeah, and then the the Houston game just because it's I'm sure there's some you know activities going on like Parents Weekend or something like that. That would, would that would help spike that a little bit, but I mean, you're spiking you're spiking sales because the interest is high for this football team. Yeah. It's as anticipated a football team as 
as uh, as you can as you can as you can see. So. Does that make me a bad person that I'm super nervous about that? The Houston game, no. or everybody being excited? Just everybody being giddy. It's just like we're all so excited and also, mm-hmm. you know, bought in. It just feels like, oh man, that that scares me. Yeah, that's the pessimist in me. Yeah. That's the Northeasterner in me, probably. Uh, Associate head coach Kenny Perry, after practice the other day, and he's also the special teams coach and the running backs coach, uh, spoke with the media. Uh, Among the things he was asked, he was asked about Taj Brooks and how Taj has stepped up from last year. He's definitely a better leader. Uh, You know, Taj is kind of that guy, you know, people say, well, he leads by example. Well, you know what? I don't believe in that. You know, I want Taj to lead by example and be more vocal because you got to have you got to have people that you know step up and say things when it's when the hard situations so he's definitely done that his weight's great you know he's at 225 he's quick he's fast and like i said the most important thing he's become more of a vocal leader and he's he's a guy that you want speaking and he's one he's a guy that you want doing too um you know on the on the field and uh, his doing will a lot depend on him staying healthy and and that offensive line of moving people out of the way uh, here is uh, Coach Perry on what he expects from tomorrow. The scrimmage uh, will take place over there at the football training facility. Uh, it's not open uh, to the public or to the media, but here's what he expects from Saturday's scrimmage. You know, the, the, obviously the, the main thing that what coaches, uh, you know, are, you know the, the whole brand that we follow, our kids follow that every day. You just want to, you know, make sure that that's what it's all about, that, you know, we're playing, that we're, you know, we're, we're playing hard. I mean, that's kind of the first thing. You know, we're good teammates playing for each other. But, you know, that's kind of – that's we don't kind of trip things up. This is the brand, and that's what we do. That's what we're supposed to do. I mean, that, if you go outside of that, then I don't know what's the point of having the brand, you know? Okay. Okay. The other thing that I'm curious about is uh, the kicking situation. Um, I'm going to have a new kicker uh, this year. And, um, you know, Trey Wolf is, uh, is gone. And Gino Garcia, who got beaten out – uh, by Trey Wolf last year uh, will probably be the field goal kicker, extra point, kickoff, maybe. Austin McNamara is kind of auditioning for that. But here is uh, Coach Kenny Perry on uh, numbers on Gino Garcia from the spring and fall and kind of what he sees with him. Last year at this time, it was, you know, I think you remember I went in the season, I think I told you guys that he was, both those guys were at 90%. He's, he's been a little bit higher than 90%. Uh, last this spring, this spring he was at 83 percent. Where last spring he was at ninety going in. Um, but this this camp so far he hasn't missed big, any kicks. So that's kind of you know we're putting pressure. But the other part of that is uh, you know it's helping because you know we got we've got a kicking competition. You got to have that. You know I think that's what helped Trey is you know Trey had confidence knowing going in that if he missed a kick there was someone you know, right on his tail. And that's kind of where Gino is right now because Gino's played a lot of football, which is good for us. So, you know, we got two kickers, him and Reese, that have played football, and they're kind of competing against each other. Well, I'm glad we played football. But, I mean, it, it's, you know, there's, there's probably good to have some competition, good to have somebody kind of that you, you know is going to be there um, if you aren't so, able to do it. Is it different with kickers than quarterbacks? If you've got two, you've got none, kind of deal. Oh, you know, we we never hear that. Yeah, with kickers, we never we never hear that. You know, yeah. about kickers. Usually, with kickers, it's like, well, hey, this guy doesn't work out. We've got this guy. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's seen it's seen more as a positive. Or, hey, this guy's better going long distance, and this guy's more accurate. You know, inside the thirty, right? 
Or this guy can kick a deep kickoff and this guy can do, I hate even saying it, pooch kicks or sky kicks or whatever. You know, count me as someone that would never love to see another one of those. But, you know, that that may be the case. But that is a that is an, an interesting point uh, that you make uh, with regard to kickers. If you have one, if you have two, do you not have one? Because that usually is the case with the kicker with the quarterback huh and don't get me wrong we've seen more pooch kicks than we ever need to see Mm -hmm. it has a place it has a use it's been used incorrectly here Mm -hmm. but if there's three seconds left in a game and you've got a really good uh a cover team the pooch kick can end the game for you because as soon as the ball hits the ground the clock starts Yeah. It's got a place. Did we see way too many of them? No argument. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this, reasonable to be concerned about the hype. We were all hyped for the Baylor game last season and lost terribly. Mm-hmm. That's that's fair. I I still I still think, because I feel like if I said to you two guys, hey, would you take eight and four right now? You'd sit, You'd tell me no. Because I'm yeah. telling you, I'm taking eight and four right now. If you handed it to I'd me, I'd like your chances to win more than that. I think it's going to end up eight and four, but I would not take it. Okay. Okay. Uh, what about you, fine listening audience? Would you take eight and four right now, or would you roll the proverbial dice? The Morning Drive podcast from Double T 97.3 is presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Time now for Jamie's question of the day on Lubbock Sports Station, Double T 97.3. Let me apologize to you guys first because I feel like... Um, me and Jeff or our fine listening audience? Maybe everybody. Okay. Because <laughs> okay. I'm excited about the new Big 12 and I feel like I ask a lot of questions about the new Big 12. Okay. It's all right. It, we, it's something about, new. I'm excited about Texas and Oklahoma being gone, and I'm I'm excited about the teams for the most part that we're bringing in, for the most part. Cincinnati, Houston, meh, 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 Utah, meh. meh. Aren't you excited about going to Cincinnati and um, having chili know, on spaghetti? Stumble, really. Stumbling around and kind of seeing what they've got going on there. No. And going uh, no. maybe uh, looking for WKRP. Yeah, that's what I'll do. Yeah. Right. I'll make sure that there's no turkeys flying. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Right. No, I'm not. Bravo, so, Jamie. Sorry. Okay, so my new question involves the new Big 12. Okay. With all eight in and two out. So I'm looking for three different answers here, Chuck. Three. Okay. Okay. Take the Red Raiders out of the fold. Okay. We're just we're talking football, okay? Okay. Give me three football matchups that you're excited about mm. that don't involve the Red Raiders. Okay. Right. I mean, it's now part of our conference, or it will be next year. Mm-hmm. Three matchups you're excited about. Okay. And you can put them in order if you want. Is this for the future Big Twelve or the upcoming season? No, it, it, the future when we have okay. all eight. I, I think I think one that's just. Kind of low hanging fruit is Utah BYU. Looking forward to that. Okay, that matchup. Uh, I would even go as far as to say Arizona Arizona State. 
uh, is intriguing uh, to me. Um, and then uh, I'm curious. I'm curious about Cincinnati versus anybody that would have been at the upper, at the top of the Big 12. And so I'll just say, I'll just say Cincinnati, K-State, just from the standpoint of Cincinnati having to play week after week after week, real competition. So K-State won the Big 12 last year, and I'll just say Cincinnati versus K-State, how will they match up against the Wildcats? Okay. Okay. So you have serious doubts about Cincinnati, and so you feel standing like, up yeah. over the course of over the course yeah. of a season, having to play a real team every week. And that's interesting that you say that about Cincinnati, but you didn't put Houston in that same mix. Well, I only say that about Cincinnati because they made the college football playoff, and everybody made a big damn deal about them. Sure. Well, I think some folks have made a big deal about how well Houston is sure. played recently. Absolutely, but I think we've dispelled yeah. that because you know. We beat we beat them the last couple of years, and then they go and they win all the rest of their games. It's like, well, of course you played the Patsies. Um, they really should have beat us last year. They should have, but they really should have. They didn't. Um, which is usually what happens with Houston is that they don't. Um, <laughs> Coach got in the way of winning. I, I'm just saying that they don't. Uh. I'm going to take Arizona, Arizona State out of the mix Mm -hmm. for this conversation because they've played each other every year and I haven't paid attention. Mm -hmm. So the fact that they're coming to the Big 12 won't. Okay, that's that's fair. BYU, Utah, I agree with Chuck that it's also they don't play each other every year and have kind of not wanted to play each other and now they're going to be playing each other. Mm -hmm. And I'm so on BYU side, it's not even funny in this game. Yeah. Um, So that makes it interesting. Yeah, I think yeah. I share that. Uh, I do like West Virginia, West Virginia, Cincinnati getting back to it. Um, and I, while I wouldn't have watched it before, West Virginia's been in the Big 12 long enough now that they're getting an actual true rival, although more pit their rival than Cincinnati is, that, that, that brings that back in. So I'm interested in that. And to go along Chuck's point, but with a different team, I'm inter- interested to see what UCF does in the Big 12. Because uh, I do think that they're the the team that's going to benefit most about joining the conference. Uh, I, I would like to see them against the Kansas States, against the the Baylor's. We got to take Tech out of this, but w- w- the the upper echelon, but also the the complete Big Twelve schedule. Mm-hmm. Use how they do. That will be a game I look at every week to see how they're doing. Okay, um, I, I guess I'm just more of a. I care about the Texas stuff more because I think there's ex- ex- extreme dislike there. And so the Texas Tech Houston game is massive to me. Um, and I've, and I've, I guess I put the Baylor Houston TCU Houston games right up there with that. And I think as I sit here right here today, I'm telling you, I'm going to be rooting for TCU and Baylor in those games. I, I just, I, I don't know. Like, in Chuck had questioned about the Cincinnati thing. How would they face off with the better teams in the Big 12 Conference? I want to see Houston have to play tough teams every week, mm-hmm. okay? And um, I want to see how they handle um, facing off with these teams in the state of Texas who have had to battle in Big 12 games every single week. And... You know, uh, for example, like Tim Collishaw yesterday writes an article 
uh, in the Dallas Morning News, um, the point of the article was suggesting that the Big 12 add SMU, which would be just dumb. Okay. And Kalashaw throws in there, um, well, said something to the effect of, let's be honest, Houston's better, better football team over the last seven, eight, seven or eight years than the Red Raiders have. Okay. Well, exactly. When you get to play that level sure. of competition, yeah. you win a lot more games. Mm-hmm. Okay, take into account who they're playing compared to who Tech and TCU and Baylor are playing. Okay, it's a different deal. So I'm going to tell you number one and number two on my list are TCU versus Houston and Baylor versus Houston. Okay, and I guess number three on my list is is BYU, Utah. You guys both mentioned that one, and I'm with Jeff 1,000% rooting for the for the BYUs in that one, Chuck. Yeah, no, I'm, 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 I would root for BYU in that one as, as well. So, all right. Well, uh, I think it'll be interesting. Like you said, I mean, we've talked about Cincinnati or UCF or, or Houston. Just the, the fatigue of, of weekly competition. In some cases, you you play a team and then it's even you're playing an even better team the next week and then an even better team the next week and then even you know just kind of pyramids on top of each other um and and you have fatigue you have injuries you have depth uh, all those things that take place that ucf and and houston and cincinnati specifically haven't really been used to i mean in some cases once they get out of the non-conference their schedules have become substantially easier mm-hmm. you know whereas you know in, in case of texas tech this year i mean you're i mean you've got Wyoming and Oregon to start off and yeah you've got Tarleton State but then you get into the Big 12 and it becomes uh becomes dicey every week and then the same thing goes for the other Big 12 schools and the and the and the and the Big 10 and then and the SEC and the Pac-12 but these schools that are coming in from the non-power fives um yeah they they're gonna have a whole new perspective and I'm I'm with you on the SMU thing I mean it's just like good god why why would we even consider that? I just, there's nothing. It brings I mean, nothing the point to of you. his article was basically like it would be good for SMU. So <laughs> the Big 12 is in charity. SMU yeah. going to any conference would be good. Go away. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't even want their money. I mean, you know, if you want to write a check and join us, but it's, you know. I think I think SMU is really worried that if they don't get in soon, they're never getting in I think to the Power Five. I think that's probably that's why they've gone with this des- desperate mm-hmm. tactic of hey, hey, we'll come and play in the ACC for five years, and you don't have to pay us anything. You don't have to pay us. You don't have to pay us. Yeah. yeah. But they'll probably make more money in year six than they would have made the where they are at years for the five years. Where they are now, probably mm-hmm. so. Yeah. Uh, somebody says, uh, I think people are underestimating how much Cincy and West Virginia hate each other already. Jeff alluded to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, this Probably from the Yates Foreign, Foreign Center chat line. I like your questions about the new Big 12. Keep them coming. Fun to think about the future. Okay. There you go. All There's right. a little affirmation. Yeah. It just does feel like I ask them a lot. Uh, this eight and four is good. Stabilize. Don't go backwards. And year three gets better. Bullfighter, I kind of get rolling the dice, but it'll be really hard not to cash in the chips for eight and four. We haven't had back-to-back winning seasons in a long time. This is the Morning Drive Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. 
Jamie Went and Jeff McGuire. I'm Chuck Hines. We come to you this morning from the First United Bank Studio, hour three of three. Pleasure to have you with us this morning and uh, invite you to continue to weigh in on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Of course, the Visual Edge IT hotline is open as well. 806-771-0973 is the number. Uh, we've had this story in, in Sports Center. We've talked about it um, from time to time uh, because it keeps coming up. But right, does the does the whole Iowa State gambling thing and state of Iowa, what it includes other, I guess, Iowa as well or, or other schools now with, with the, one of the players now at Oklahoma State. But does it, does it surprise you that it's so far seems to be just isolated there in terms of kind of the going after players or indictments or things like that? Do you think that – because you have to think that that's going on in other schools, yeah, I, right? I think you bring up a good question. Um, so your question is like, am I naive enough to think that mm-hmm. Iowa and Iowa State are the only schools doing this? Right. No, I'm no. not. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, do I have any concept of how many schools are have have athletes doing this? I have no clue. Maybe this is isolated. Maybe this is. Um, maybe you would have to think that these guys. Man, I'm I'm being really clueless here. I was about to say you would have to think these guys see what's going on with these NFL players. Or see what's going on at Iowa State, and so they learn from it and are be, are not doing it. These are 18, 19, 20, 21 year old kids. Yeah, all right. oh, I, I, that idiot, he did it that way. I can get away with it this yes. way. Okay? Yes, I'm bulletproof. Yeah, and remember, I, I mean, if you hear the story on some of these guys, it's like getting someone else to make the bets for them, like it's their mom and dad or somebody that they know that's doing it that's not a part of the program, like it's a friend or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they've found ways to, you know, they've found out that they're they're a part of it. And so I'd like to think people are seeing, I mean, especially the NFL guys. The NFL is taking this extremely serious, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Guys are getting suspended for a year or whatever. Yeah. And um, you'd like to think these college athlete, athletes are like, man, I don't, I don't want that. So mm-hmm. I, I better not do it. And I'm sure some are smart enough to do that. But you also know that they're, they're kids. And and we made stupid decisions when we were sure. 18, 19, and 20 thinking, you know, um, thinking we were bulletproof and we'd get away with it or whatever. And we look back and, like, man, that was the dumbest thing ever. What in the world would I, was I thinking? And sure. so right. I, I think I tend to believe that it's happening elsewhere. I just don't know how much it's happening, Chuck. I mm-hmm. don't. I really do not know. Uh, this uh, from Red Raider Two Guns. It's not isolated, Chuck. FanDuel and DraftKings cause a lot of problems uh this it's a lot easier for these guys in states where these kids can do it on app on their phone legally okay you know but there's there's still i mean so uh, uh, fill me in here sorry I don't, for I'm being gonna, clueless are, are we allowed to on our apps or no, phones legally here no, no okay no i don't believe so because it's not legal sports gambling is not legal in the state of texas not yet I mean, there'll be a point in time, and, and well, they'll they'll say, "Well, this will help the children. This will help fund schools. This will help fund, you know, road construction." They'll take they'll take the low hanging fruit of what what needs are. Well, this will lower your property taxes because the gamblers will now pay. But they never do that. 
or this will help us. Yeah, state-run state lotteries feel a lot different than FanDuel. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I mean, don't think but, I don't think FanDuel's trying to no, but, pave any streets or buy kids no, number but it's two the taxes pencils. that you would be collecting. It's, on it's it the taxes would you would collect on it. That's that's what they'll use. They'll say that's that's what they'll use as the the means to get it approved by voters. Yeah. Again, and you can tell by my ignorance of the whole thing. I don't care. I, I don't care. If people if people want to mess up their lives mm -hmm. gambling, have at it. Sure, it's your life. Do what you want to do. Okay, I'm not here to stop you from making bad decisions. But you don't want. I'm here, athlete, to, you don't I'm want here to stop my two children from making bad decisions. Mm -hmm. But the rest of the world, nah, nah, you you do you. Do you care? Do you care if people are are, are gam if gambling on sports and and competing in those sports? Yes, absolutely. Okay. I think there's so much that can get into you know point shaving mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff which we've yeah. we've seen that in college basketball before yes um it you know and so you just kind of go okay so what what is what is the what is the deal here what's what why why is it um why is it just there so far and not not uh I, I'm, my assumption is that somebody got caught mm -hmm. somehow they found something going on there and so they just keep digging there yeah and at some point they'll move on to somewhere else when there's nothing else to dig up. But okay. It feels like they just keep peeling another slice off the apple and they mm -hmm. find out more stuff. Yeah. I couldn't think of the good. Wasn't you supposed to like peel off an onion or whatever layers yeah. of layers onion, of layers of onions? Yeah. I couldn't. I just layers escaped me at yeah. that point. Or a good parfait. Who doesn't love a good parfait? Yeah. There you go. Uh, this gambling in Texas is illegal, right? We said that, but there's many gambling apps you can use that consider themselves quote sweepstakes I just know and don't require ID scan. Yeah, I know too many friends that are gambling on sure, sports to sure. say what it's illegal. <laughs> right? No, <laughs> they I've, seem pretty open with right, it. Right? No, I've I've seen that too. I mean, yeah. I've I've had conversations with with people about that, and mm -hmm. um, Chuck and I are currently have, are wagering on the uh, end of the bench Olympics. Did they have another event? All, all our bet is is that somebody gets hurt. <laughs> have they had another event, or is it just the just the one? I think it's just the one. So just far. the one so far. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. I mean, that's just. Uh, I I don't. I I guess I look at this and go. I, I keep waiting for shoes to drop in other states or other schools. Yeah. And, you know, because it just seems like. Mm -hmm. Of all the schools that I would say that they would have a big problem, I don't know that I would list Iowa State as the poster child, right? I might be more prevalent to say, you know, California school or Florida school or where it seems to be more illicit. Um, but, or even, or even, I mean, you could say here, you could say uh, Dallas area, you could say Texas, you know, you could say down in Waco, I mean. It it but it's just I'm I'm curious about this only from the standpoint that at some point in time we're gonna we're gonna see more of this and then it becomes a, a bigger and bigger problem and when and when when does it become a problem for us and then I say us you know just us as in Texas Tech fans you know and you hope it doesn't and I'm sure that it's being addressed mm -hmm. by those coaches just I'm, I'm sure it yeah. already has been and will continue yeah, to be so yeah it's a so. constant conversation but you're right I mean when you see the NFL guys who are still stupid enough to do it uh, and then you feel you, you throw in the machismo factor and the fact that mm -hmm. you know we're all bulletproof under the age of 30 basically maybe even under the age of 25 
and then, then sometimes you feel like you're still a little bulletproof even as you get older. Ah, ain't gonna happen to me. That's happened to Joe down the street. He's gonna have the heart attack shoveling snow, not me. I'm in good shape. <laughs> right? Anyway. Blame it on Chuck. He wanted the debilitating snowstorm. Right. So you killed Joe down the street, Chuck. Uh, to go. This mobile sports betting is now allowed in 22 states. The accessibility has been what's caused the biggest problem. Okay. Yeah. They may, they're making it so easy for sure. you to do it. Yeah. It's been the temptation becomes real, right? This has been the Morning Drive Podcast, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T 97.3 podcasts at DoubleT97.3.com.